Hello and welcome to the Rugby Show here on the 42.e. Ireland have suffered a first defeat in a test since the 2017 Six Nations. It was a bit of a disappointing morning or uh, evening in Brisbane, depending where you are. Uh, We're joined uh, by Murray Kinsella, who's down there now. Murray, how are things? All good here. Uh, Disappointing enough night for for Ireland, but um, another couple of exciting games ahead. Probably warms the series up nicely. yeah, lots to talk through in, in Ireland's performance, but uh, an unbelievably good test match to, to get us going. Yeah, cracking game of rugby, in fairness. Um, like, a lot of sort of titanic clashes, I think, especially early, like Australia seemed to lay down a marker. There were a couple of, like, maybe borderline hits, and certainly there were, so you could see some of Ireland's key players kind of being targeted with these ferocious hits. Um, but the quality of rugby over, overall was superb, particularly when, you know, you could say Ireland are, are probably a little bit tired after the end of the season. Australia are coming together now. Um, so I suppose, like, as you mentioned, disappointing results-wise for Ireland. But looking ahead to the, the, the next two tests, uh, starting in Melbourne, like, were there positives in it for you? Can you see uh, potential for improvement? Yeah, well, that's certainly the the, the chat from Joe Schmidt and, and a couple of his players immediately after the game. And um, Joe Schmidt talks about the, the margins being very skinny in this game. And um, I think that is fair. I don't think Ireland were a huge way off. A couple of crucial moments that potentially could have gone their way. CJ Stander getting just about held up. Uh, Joey Carberry missing a penalty even uh, in the first half. Um, so there were there was those moments where they could have maybe got a little bit of separation or put that kind of pressure on the Wallabies. Um, and they didn't quite manage to get that done today. Uh, you mentioned the physicality of the Wallabies. I thought, first of all, that was absolutely outstanding. And um, if you look back to that All Blacks match they won last year here in the same stadium in Suncorp, which Ireland were talking about all week, and um, it was very much the same kind of thing. It's standing in the collisions, uh, really muscling up, and as you say, making big statement hits on key players for Ireland. Corabetti smashing Murray, Beal smashed Murray as well. Hooper leaving a really strong shoulder in on Joey Carberry um, at one stage. Carberry did well to get the offload away still, but... I thought Australia brought those big physical moments. And against Ireland, if you don't bring that, you're never going to be in a competitive position to, to win the game, even if your attack is as lethal as, as Australia's is. They really matched up well there in that department. And I thought Ireland uh, struggled a little bit with, with, that, with that pace of that first half. Peter Romani just, just mentioned just now that it was the fast, one of the fastest first halves he's ever had in his career. So that, that sums up. And, and you did see guys who haven't played a lot of rugby recently, the likes of Robbie Henshaw, Bundiaki, um, even Ian Henderson. Just early on in the game, it, it looked like they were a little bit taken aback by, by the pace of it. So Ireland did manage to, to get into a decent position. And with 20 to go, Johnny Sexton comes onto the pitch and Ireland are in a 9-8 lead. You think he's, he's going to come on and see this game out. But the Wallabies, in all due credit to him, uh, uh, some brilliant attacking play again. Beal was instrumental. Falau, uh, fantastic in the air. Um, and they were definitely deserving of their win. So there's definitely a few key uh, areas for Ireland to improve on ahead of Melbourne. Attack obviously being a key one. CJ Sander got held up that time, but that try was actually, or that near try was created by a moment of physical dominance. James Ryan going over Foley and, and putting Sander through. There wasn't as much creative play despite Ireland having a lot of possession, almost 60% of it. Um, they just lacked that little bit of edge that I think a couple of guys coming back into the team team next weekend will, will bring. So I don't think Ireland were, were a huge way off, but as you say, they haven't tasted defeat too often. You can see the frustration out there at the end from guys like Murray and, and Sexton. Um, they'll, be, they'll be hurting after this one, uh, and we can expect a pretty ferocious response, I think. Yeah, it should be an absolute cracker, the second one. What was uh, Schmidt's mood like? I mean, you mentioned frustration there. I presume that is the sort of overriding theme at the moment. 
yeah, he's he's not a he's not a good loser. He wouldn't be so successful if he if he was. So he was very downbeat and quite, kind of quiet in the in the post match press conference while pointing out that they weren't too far away. He was frustrated with uh, a couple of the decisions, uh, a couple of decisions from his own players as well. Just little things that he, in his mind, sees as the difference between winning and losing a, a test match. He won't be talking about oh my god, my team is completely lacking creativity. He's he's very much focused on those those minor details, um, and they do make a big difference. I thought Ireland's um, inability probably to manage the turnover attack from the Wallabies was was one of the more concerning aspects. You know, um, the first try for Foley comes from a turnover where Rob Carney, who had an uncharacteristically error-prone game, he doesn't come and, and claim that high ball. He lets it bounce. Pocock grabs it, and they're handling to the left edge when, when Robbie Henshaw shoots up hard on, on Foley, and he didn't get that ball no tackle. They got the ball away, uh, and they go down the left, and and they follow up and score really lethal with a turnover chance. And then again, the same for that one that Flau had disallowed. Uh, you know, uh, Bundiaki is just ponderous on the ball. They pile in for the counter-ruck, and Beal, with that playmaking magic, uh, shifts the ball out to Foley, draws in uh, Cronin and Furlong, who were exposed on that outside edge, and, and Flau goes in. Now, that one was disallowed. Uh, rather harshly, I felt, for that, for that penalty, um, tackle off the ball, but technically correct penalty. Um, but it just shows how lethal Australia are in those those situations um, and that, I guess that is the concern for, for the rest of the series because I think Ireland will be able to bring a, a slightly more um, physical performance next time around they'd be hopeful of having Dan Levy back as well he was missed I thought around the breakdown especially where, where David Pocock really got on top Absolutely. You alluded to it there, I suppose, um, a lack of creativity. Like if you looked at Ireland's midfield, uh, obviously two outstanding players in Aki and Henshaw, but probably uh, glaring was the absence of Gary Ringwells or somebody like that with that kind of game-breaking ability. Um, I suppose beyond the sort of uh, move, it was like a double wrap around. I think it was Keith Earls went down the right wing afterwards. It was around the time when he actually went off at the HIA. He picked up the knock beforehand. We probably didn't see Ireland move the ball that much. Um, When we look at, say, Melbourne next weekend, like, do you expect Schmidt to change things up so that we are a little bit more free-flowing in possession? Yeah, well, I think Johnny Sexton and Gary Ringrose will both be in the back line, and, and that will make a big difference. Sexton, while he may be seen as a, a very different player to Carberry, who's got great footwork, some nice passing, which we did see elements of today. He had one loose pass in the first half, but I thought he, he invited a couple of players onto the ball. Um, but Sexton certainly has that creative edge as well, and we saw it throughout the Six Nations in phase play, uh, even in that passage where they build up to the, to the drop goal in, in Paris. The couple of creative moments were from Sexton, maybe the crossfield kick or the kick pass sorry, to Keith Earls and a couple of nice passes where he just challenges the defence. So I think under the kind of intense pressure that the Wallabies managed to bring in defence with their absolute aggression, uh, he's just more experienced at making decisions in, in the face of that. So he'll, he'll add a lot certainly to attack. And Ringrose, let's not forget, in the last two games of Six Nations added a lot to, to Ireland's attack. It's a little bit more subtle. It may not be a searing line break, but it's a little bit of footwork to get on the outside or the inside of the defender. You're over the gain line. And then the next guy on the next phase, his decision is much easier because he doesn't have that line, line speed against him. You know, that Jacob Stockdale try in Twickenham is a great example. Just before that, on the, on the prior phase, Ringrose just uses his footwork to get inside a tackler. Suddenly, England are, are numbers down on the narrow side of the next phase. And Murray and Stockdale go and create a bit of magic. So I think him coming in will, will add to it. Um, and I did think that the midfield was was struggling to, tonight. Uh, as we said, they haven't played more so recently in, in a couple of games. And 
um, they, they just lack that little bit of bit of creative edge. So I think those two guys w- will make a difference to the to the team. Um, it was always likely that there were going to be changes anyway. We we expected rotation between the three tests, um, uh, and it was interesting in, in the press conference. Schmidt, I asked him about you know does this defeat kind of change any plans he had for this trial of new things that he mentioned before the tour, and he said I've, I've got to push ahead with that because that is a big part of this tour, even though they're obviously down here to win a series as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens potentially. Um, you know, in, in one of those key halfback positions, does he give another uh, big start to a less experienced player? Um, we'll probably see Murray and Sexton together just because they're going after that, that leveling game because, you know, you don't want to be going to Sydney 2-0 two two down and, and making a raft of changes. So interesting team selection ahead. But, but as you, you mentioned, I do think those two players will, will add a lot to Ireland's attack. For sure. And, and you mentioned there, obviously, the absence of Dan Levy and maybe somebody, um, obviously, Peter Romani, like you could you could probably describe him as that sort of groundhog back row, but maybe needed a little bit of help around him today. Probably not Jordy Murphy's finest game. Like, I thought, like, you mentioned, like, sort of the, the manic aggression from Australia. There was a moment there in, like, the 50th minute or so where Australia turned Ireland over in their own 22, cleared uh, with a kick, and then turned Ireland over again, like, within the space of 60 seconds. Like, what was it? Was it literally just the, their individual players in Hooper and Pocock that were particularly dominant, or what was it that uh, gave them the edge there today? And were you a little bit surprised by how dominant they were uh, at the breakdown? Yeah, well, Ireland are such a brilliant breakdown team to see them giving up uh, multiple turnovers, four or five in a game, is always a surprise. Um, having said that, David Pocock, like his reputation is built on that, and he's the be- the best jackling player in the world. He's impossible to shift. He just gets that minimal separation after the tackle and clamp back over the ball. Uh, he did get pinged one night, but but he was excellent. Uh, it is a collective thing, you know. You think of Pocock in Dublin in t- November 2016. I remember we did a piece on the 42 about it after the game and all the attempts that he he had at jackling there were over 20 of them in the game and Ireland blasted them off it's always a two-man three-man job it's not just open side on open side it's not just Dan Levy being there to clear him out and um, so Ireland were a little bit off that uh that edge that they usually bring in in, in the in the breakdown I felt across the board um, and that'll be a big focus for them this week there's something massive that can change your game like we're talking about creative creative edge and attack but you know if you're turning the ball over there goes a couple more chances even though things like knock-ons at the base of the rook, a couple of them tonight, again, you're, you're releasing that pressure valve that, that Ireland are usually so good at, at keeping on. So, um, yeah, breakdown will be a big focus for them. Um, that, you know, that example there almost led to a, to a Wallabies try, the one where Pete Samu, just off the bench, makes a big statement, a big impact. Um, and they, they, that kind of did sum up the, the, the breakdown story for Ireland. So that's among the, the key kind of um, lessons for them in this game. And I do think it'll be better next weekend. For sure, um, like one of the, uh, I suppose like the, like Marius van der Vesthuizen, we would have had a, a, not necessarily history with him. He, he, you know, became embroiled in a controversy uh, during the Six Nations. Yeah. But uh, what did you make of his performance? Like it seemed as though, in fairness to him, given this sort of frenetic nature of the game, he allowed the breakdown to sort of run fairly smoothly, and it was an open, enjoyable game, as we mentioned. The last 20 minutes, actually, as uh, a commenter here, uh, W. Don Pete, points out, well, he says the referee was a disgrace. Last 20 minutes couldn't do enough to give the Aussies a winning advantage. It did sort of seem to get away from him a little bit. A couple of dodgy calls here and there. Yeah, yeah. I think if we're nitpicking, and this always tends to happen after hard and lose, um, you could definitely ha- have a go at a couple of those decisions. Um, and certainly the likes of Sexton were, were um, uh, I guess, angered by a couple of decisions. Schmidt mentioned a few of them afterwards. 
I really don't think that is the reason Ireland lost, though. And I think to focus uh, on that would would be um, getting away from the, the real the real point here. I thought before that last twenty minutes, I thought Van der Vesthuizen was really good. There was one kind of harsh penalty against um, against Hooper for not rolling out of rook. I didn't think there was any Irish support player there to to actually enter the rook. So and um, they probably felt harshly done by in that regard. And, I'm sure they'll pick out lots of stuff for the report. Yes, Joe Schmidt's referee report will always always be interesting after a game. Um, but I don't think it was the reason Ireland lost. I thought the Wallabies were, were, the, were the best team and uh, they would have won anyway, even without a couple of those questionable decisions. Uh, Michael Cechia was obviously you know, fairly impressed by his size performance, I presume. Um, what kind of things was he saying afterwards? And I suppose are, if you know, we can expect Ireland to make changes for Melbourne, do you see Australia switching anything up? Yeah, Cheka, really proud of his team. Uh, spoke a lot about how their work ethic had been uh, just as good as Ireland's, almost better. They targeted that as a big thing. Ireland do tend to outwork teams. Um, and that physicality we've already mentioned as well. Uh, he knew that if they could bring those two elements with the turnover attack and, and those attacking threats, we've, we've also spoken about that, that, that they could get this win. So he's really happy with it. In terms of changes, um, potentially one in the back row, I think Ned Hannigan is, is fit again. So he's a line-out uh, option in the back row as well as being a pretty hard grafter as well. So I think that might be one. But to be honest, I, I think they'll be looking for the continuity and they'll be looking to build on that performance and, and create even more of those chances um, that they did tonight. And if you were to look at Ireland's team, obviously you mentioned you'd expect Sexton to come back in. You'd expect uh, ring rolls to start. Do you see Schmidt making any other changes that might be less glaringly obvious? Yeah, I can, I can imagine that it will go towards more of that Grand Slam team, a, a full frontline 15 furlong and, and those guys back into the front row to start. Sean Cronin uh, finally getting a start. He, he would have imagined it probably would have come in the first test with Roy Best missing. Um, I, I do think there is still room and I do think his comments saying that I got to, I've got to also remember that this tour is about trying a couple of new things. I thought that was interesting. So I think I'm not sure quite, quite what it is. Potentially a scrum half um, change or, or maybe Ty Byrne getting an involvement and getting a cap. Um, maybe even a couple of guys like Cooney and Byrne, Ross Byrne, coming off the bench potentially. Um, so he does have to get that balance right, but I think it will be pretty much close to, to what we would say would be a frontline Irish 15. And overall, uh, before we let you go, you'd be reasonably confident going into Melbourne despite this morning's defeat, particularly with those, some of those names coming in and maybe Schmidt pointing more towards that Grand Slam winning team. That, like you're confident that we can level it up next weekend? Yeah, I'd be confident. And I really do hope it goes into that final game. What a series it would be. Um, but I think there are clearly identifiable areas that we've spoken about for Ireland. Uh, get that breakdown aggression, get those barrels and, and those first guys into the rough, getting rid of that jackal player. Um, Sexton and Ringrose adding a little bit to the attack and and Ireland just being a little bit more patient um, with that and, and building more pressure on, on Australia like they had done in, in the Six Nations, shoring up their ability to, to transition from attack into defence and just being a bit more aware about that that threat that the, the Wallabies bring. So I think there are, there are clear areas for them to focus on. Um, I think it's almost like a, a weight off their shoulders. They're not on this amazing winning streak anymore. Um, now they've got to respond. Now they've got to react. And and that's a pretty good position for, for a team to, to deliver a, a highly motivated performance. Um, so, yeah, I'd expect a lot better from Ireland. And I would expect it to go down to the last game in Sydney. Well, that sounds good to me. Bert Murray, we'll uh, let you go before you get locked into uh, Suncorp. A pleasure as <laughs> always. And uh, we'll chat to you soon. Enjoy your week. Cheers, guys. And folks at home, thanks a million for tuning in. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, we'll be back again on Thursday with uh, squad announcements and things like that. that so uh, do tune in then. And then we'll be back again on Saturday. Uh, but you guys as well, enjoy your week. And until next time, take it easy.